Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I mean, no one plans to get sick, and yet... Here we are. My name is Matthew Zachary. A quarter century ago, I was given six months to live with a diagnosis of terminal brain cancer. For more than 15 years, I've been ranting and raving on the air about stupid cancer and now stupid healthcare. And I'm just getting warmed up. So let's all go make healthcare suck less together because you know what? We're all out of patience. Hey, that's the name of the show. Howdy, friends. Welcome back to Out of Patience. I got a great bonus episode for you today because we're proud to reveal right here at Offscript Health that there's a brand new podcast you can subscribe to today called Is It Serious? One of my favorite things is to take two people who have never met and who each are extraordinary human beings, introduce them and make magic. And that happened with this show. So going back 15 years, I met Dr. Jean-Luc Neptune, MD, PhD, MBA, startup guy, investor guy, super smart doctor. And only recently I met Dr. Mark Lewis, who's an internist at Intermountain in Salt Lake City and also a survivor of pancreatic cancer. So like any good Reese's peanut butter cup, <laughs> I took the chocolate and the peanut butter and we made magic. JL and Mark Lewis are the hosts of Is It Serious? So think Car Talk meets Kitchen Confidential meets Sports Center Recap meets Penn and Teller, only Teller Speaks. It's a funny show. It's tongue-in-cheek. It's meta. These are two guys who are just getting to know each other as human beings, as fathers, as caregivers, as patients, pulling back the curtain on some of the inanity in healthcare from their perch and their perspective. So we're hijacking this particular episode of Out of Patience for me to speak to both Jean-Luc Neptune and Mark Lewis, who have both been guests of mine right here on the Out of Patience podcast feed. So brace yourself for a fabulous conversation amongst the three of us about what it's like to be doctors in the 2020s, the pitfalls and shenanigans that are happening every day in the healthcare system, and what it's like to build a chemistry with a peer with so many common threads and invent a podcast for you. Is It Serious? is available on the Oscar Health Podcast Network and is available wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get started. All right, Jean-Luc Deptou and Mark Lewis, this is like a cosmic like intervention of sorts to have the two of you on the show right now. Welcome aboard. Thank you, Matt. It's good to be here. Likewise, thanks for having us. I've never done a show with two existing guests as dual guests on a separate show. So we just kind of broke my show for all the right reasons. I like this. This is exciting. Breaking new ground. Yes. 
Uh, JL is here. I said JL. I just did a French kind of thing right there. Standing in front of me, sitting in front of me here in the studio, Mark Lewis chiming in from the fabulous uh, Utah State. That's right. Hello. I, I just totally random. I don't know what it is in the water, but I've met like 11 people from Utah in the last week. What's up with your state, Mark? Well, what's in the water is, is salt. I don't know if you've heard, but our, our lake is quite, quite salty. Oh, God. <laughs> I think I told... I want Jail to hear this. When when I t- had you on my show, I talked to you about my my Salt Lake City story, which is JetBlue had to make like a not like an emergency landing on a flight back to New York. I'm like, what the hell am I doing in Salt Lake City? Because I was sleeping. You know, it's like an hour and a half to get there. Like, we're landing yes. and welcome back to Salt Lake City. Like, this is not New York. So they put us up for a night, and I stayed in this like little shitty one star hotel, but they gave us a meal credit, so I went to like this random steakhouse. And it was like a $200 meal for one person because I just want to use every dollar of their food credit in one great meal. And I was like the only person in the steakhouse because I got there at like 4 p.m. So I'm like me and the entire staff of the steakhouse like having drinks and eating together before the big crowd comes in on a Saturday night. That's my Salt Lake City story. You're welcome. Wow. I, I, have, yes. an, I have an emergency Salt Lake City story as well. Oh, please do tell. <laughs> so in, in a previous life, I, um, I used to manage a team of people in San Francisco. And unfortunately, one of the folks in that office wasn't working out. So I flew out of New York, flew to San Francisco, you know, sort of did the termination thing with this person and turned right around to come back. Same day flight. Okay. So we're flying. We've taken off from SFO. We're flying, you know, we're flying yeast. We're flying over Nevada or Arizona, wherever it is. And then I'm sitting off the right wing and I hear this huge bang, like boom. And all of a sudden the plane just starts banking. And I'm like, okay, this is karmic payment for what I just did. And the plane starts turning and banking and apparently leveling down to 10,000 feet. And uh, I guess we were very close to Salt Lake City and we flew into SLC. And as I remember, I was walking, uh, you know, exiting the plane. A lot of people were sort of shaking up behind me or next to me. The pilot said, yeah, you know, there was something wrong with the compressor. And my business partner, Adam Banks, uh, from my company now, uh, Central Modern Recovery, was a former commercial pilot. And what he told me is what that guy just told you is that the engine exploded and you just landed on one engine. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. But, but the thing is, I'll always say, when we landed in Salt Lake, the JetBlue folks, this was early, right? So this is, or almost- Wait, 20- it's not just the Salt Lake City story. It's a JetBlue airplane <laughs> flight to Salt Lake City emergency story. Yes. And when we landed at JetBlue, like all these JetBlue employees were there to receive us, and they were so nice and so kind, and they put us up for the day, and you know, gave Wait, us. Wait, were snacks. we on the same flight? Yeah, we may have been. <laughs> <laughs> That's a sliding doors conversation. Wow. That's amazing. I, I'm thrilled to have you both back on the show again, collectively now instead of individually, because you guys are now hosts of a podcast right here at Offscript on the Offscript Podcast Network called Is It Serious? And when we were just concepting the show, my co-founder Andrew and I like, hmm, who would be the most interesting chemistry-ridden human beings to <laughs> counterpoint and yet not counteract each other that are hysterical, kind of know where their respective bodies are buried, and have an inane perspective on how ridiculous healthcare communications, doctors, just the general universe is – but who have the credentials and went to med school to back up all their opinions and their thoughts. And I'm like, there's only two people on the earth right now. This isn't even a choice. It's like, you know, you're going with, uh, you're doing Ryan Gosling for the reboot, you know, of uh, Blade Runner. Like, there's no choice. It, that's it. <laughs> yes, it's, I, you, you had me at Ryan Gosling. Yes. Yeah, you're done. there's no more. So I'm like, Jean-Luc Neptune and Mark Lewis must know each other. 
must become instant friends and must be the co-hosts of this show. And I want to just get a sense of your first impressions when I said, you know, I love you. Uh, you're awesome. You're doing this. Jail. Well, you know, Matt, I've known you for a long time, right? So, you know, many people uh, I've talked to have said, hey, did you plan to do a podcast? And I said, no, I, I had no idea I'd be doing a podcast, but it's in the relationship that I built with you that goes back, what, 15 years or yeah, so? Yeah, 15 from, years. From, you know, your stupid cancer days. So I think it's it's been great doing a podcast. I think it's been a great opportunity. What I discovered, in fact, was one of our episodes that'll be coming out soon is an episode about my father's death. My dad died of cancer in uh, 2014, and I never really had a chance to tell that story and all the things that had come through it. And the podcast has really been a great platform to tell that story. So I, I, it's it's been a great opportunity so far. I've loved doing it. I've, you know, hit it off with Mark right out, of the, right out of the gate. We can talk a little bit more about that chemistry and why that's come about, but it's been a great opportunity so far. Unlike knowing you for 15 years, I've known Mark for maybe a year and a half. And he's been like the greatest benefit of exiting stupid cancer and entering this Twitterverse of interesting people, like the Degrassi High sophomore class of the Matthew Cinematic <laughs> Universe, so to speak. And I've never quite experienced a funnier human who happened to be a doctor on Twitter that wasn't just funny, but got like hundreds of if not thousands of likes and retweets of a post. This is antithetical to everything we understand medical professionals to be. And I'm like, I need to know this guy. So I stalked him accordingly. And apparently he was secretly stalking me at the same time. Yes, yes, um, that's exactly and, right. And then I text, I got your cell phone somehow. You're like, this is Matt. I'm like, this is Matt. I'm like, this is Mark. Oh my God. I, had a, I was like, I want you on my show. You're like, you do? So this like this dual fanboy thing was going yes. on at this point. Yes. And exactly. um, we've, we've been become really good friends in the last couple of months. And like there's no one more interesting to compliment Jean-Luc Neptune than Mark Lewis. And I guess this is the oddest, strangest, unnecessary icing on the cake in the best, worst sense of what I mean is Mark has cancer. Congratulations. Yes. You know, yes. like. You know, not a requisite, but kind of like an odd way to <laughs> to, to throw a little more, maybe more more uh, cardamom. Is that the right yeah, phrase? You, cardamom right. into the recipe? Yeah. Sure. You start to get into hot water with OSHA if you make cancer a job requirement, Matt. But uh, it, <laughs> it, it it lends it lends a certain uh, authenticity. And, and honestly, I'll just echo Jail that we are really grateful to you. You've been so gracious in sharing your platform. What I really like is being able to to talk to someone rather than text them. And the reason I like it is literally the sound of the human voice. There is so much that you can convey in inflection and tone that is actually lost in the written word. And you were kind to mention Twitter, where almost all of my misunderstandings have arisen on Twitter, <laughs> is people ascribing to my words a tone that I did not initially intend. So to be able to actually speak to jail and our audience is is truly um, it's a great it's a great privilege and one that I'm enjoying so far. So what was it like meeting each other for the first time coming from the metaverse? <laughs> like there was probably some instant like we should probably take this seriously or maybe not. But on your first call, what was it like to, to get to know each other? And you're still kind of getting to know each other. Absolutely. Um, again, I I was alluding to it before in terms of the chemistry. There's a I think Mark and I have gotten 
on very well from the beginning because we yeah. both come from the same brotherhood, right? So again, it, it's hard to explain to people who have not been through medical training how bonded we are as professionals, yes. right? And how much we experience together and growth together as we train through medical school, residency, and then into our careers as they progress. Um, I always say that, you know, some of the best friends that I ever have are from medical school and from residency because we went through such intense training periods together. And Mark is in the same specialty. You know, internal medicine tends to attract certain types of people. Yes. So, you know, internists tend to be nerds. <laughs> and, and and maybe not maybe not nerds, but I, I would say thoughtful people, <laughs> caring people. Watch your language. <laughs> people who are motivated by a sense of mission, who are coming into medicine often for the right things, you know? And I think that that just naturally helps you hit it off, right? And you sort of see the world in, in very similar ways. So although I still have a very meta relationship with Mark, I haven't met him yet. Hopefully we'll get out to Salt Lake at some point. He'll be here in Not on JetBlue. <laughs> not on JetBlue. Salt Lake City, we have... We have open runways. Yes, that's our. That's going to be our new tagline. <laughs> but I, but I think it's you know coming from the same background, coming from that same training process that I think has been hugely important. And I think both having a good sense of humor. You know, I think that that's very important as well. Right. And, and Mark, like I, with your Twitter following, it was like, how does this guy not have a podcast? Which is what everyone wants to say. But doing it right, <laughs> making sure it's, it's the best use of Mark Lewis. And what a great pairing. What were, what were your thoughts when like this came down as an opportunity in meeting JL? Well, I thought, what a what a great chance. And, you know, I certainly don't have the, the tech know-how or your platform, Matt, to have launched a, a podcast of this caliber of my own. So, again, I'm really grateful to you. And then, Jail's right. Like, without sounding haughty about it, like, medicine is almost like a, a vestige of, like, the medieval guilds where you would train as an apprentice and you would learn your craft. And, and you go through this really intense crucible in that process that does bond you to other people, even people that you've actually never met in person. Uh, it's almost like the Masonic handshake. You feel like you've got this connection to them and you're, you're members of like a professional society. It's really, it's hard to put into words, but I think we're both, we're both seeing it. And um, I think it has bonded us. And on top of that, I think we both like to puncture the notion that doctors are too self-important and can't see the ridiculous things in medicine. Like on the one hand, like the care that we deliver to our patients, that is sacred. But there is a lot of nonsense and there is a lot of unnecessary baggage that comes around the delivery of that care. That's really what we want to unpack. You, you touched on my next question, which is this, I guess, this stoic perception of medical professionals as being lack of empathy, you know, this, this low EQ mechanics that don't really think about humanity. But at the same time, you're still people and sort of throwing back the curtain on the fact that you have families and children and you have gone through illness. And, you know, if you trace back the out of patients feed, Jay was on my show after he had like COVID classic, we had COVID classic, like 2020 COVID. <laughs> That's right. Right. Pre Delta COVID classic. <laughs> OG, OG COVID. OG COVID. Yeah. And, and you are human beings. You have a great story to tell, but the fact that you are so self-aware to poke a stick at the industry in which you serve is rare. Uh, look, I, I think, you know, 
I, I will always say that I felt like I was sort of a misfit during residency because I was, I, I explained this in a discussion that we had recently, you know, I didn't have any respect for the hierarchy. And I think that sort of got me in trouble sometimes, as Mark mentioned, it's a guild, right? And you, you have to respect that if you want to move up the ladder. For me, I was always very comfortable telling foolish people that they were foolish, or at least thinking that in my head, right? So I think that, you know, part of how I come to this is having a different perspective. Remember, I'm, I, I've built a couple businesses, you know, uh, about that history. So I think that makes me a little different. I think if you look in Mark's history as well, you probably find some things that other doctors haven't done. Certainly his history as uh, coming to the United States as a teenager. I think, you know, we're sort of different to some extent, you know? Yeah, we can't not let my listeners hear, I hate double negatives, your Scottish accent. All right. Oh, the brogue. Yeah, I'll bring it out now then. I mean, I have say, like, I'm really fortunate with my employer. Yeah, like, you know, there's a lot of uh, healthcare institutions that would not really uh, smile upon um, their physicians having this degree of freedom of speech. And I know there's like, the tweets, my own caveat in my Twitter bio, or whatever. But like, let's just think about how much my healthcare organization has allowed me to do what I want to do. They allowed me, they enabled live tweeting of my pancreatic cancer surgery in 2017. They, wow. they provided cameras. They provided a social media team to do that. And that was like the really the first time I realized, wow, they are incredibly supportive of me, not just as a doctor here, but as a patient and a patient that wants to speak out. And so I, I sort of think that was like my eureka moment that, wow, I really work in a great place and uh, I am allowed to speak truth to power. Wait, now do Ewan McGregor as William Wallace. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, no. I, I want him to give me the, the intro scene to, um, what's that damn movie called? Uh, Train Spotting. Trace, Train Spotting. I, I, I want to relive that scene, right? <laughs> oh, let's do it. Let's do it. Choose life. Choose a job. Choose a career. No, Choose a family. I want you to dental just... insurance and fixed interest mortgage repayments. Choose a starter home. Choose your friends. We were colonized by wankers. <laughs> That's great. That's good stuff. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break and come back with John Luke Neptune and Mark Lewis to talk about Is It Serious? The latest, greatest, awesome new podcast right here on the Oscar Health Network. We'll be back in a second. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Delve into the shadows of the mind. With Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs. Now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. 
That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. All right, we're back and let's talk about, is it serious? Because it is kind of serious to bring to life a show with two doctors with amazing perspectives and experience who can make fun of themselves and the industry itself. I didn't think that there was anything kind of in the podcast universe to that effect. And in all the kind of pre-research that we did with our producers, everything's kind of boring. And the, the idea of radio is about personalities and thoughtful conversations and people excited to hear, to have that medical perspective. Talk about your conversations with our producers in building the formula for the show. We do want to take the subject matter, you know, when appropriate with the right amount of, of gravity. But also, like I said, it, it's really crucial to tease apart the actual practice of medicine from the context of, of health care. And I think we're trying to sort of explore that gap. And we also know that, again, one of the reasons doctors and doctor speak turns people off is it can be so sterile. Uh, it can be so technical. Already, I'll tell you, there have been several times I've lapsed into jargon and either JL or our wonderful producers have said, you know, Mark, normal people don't talk like that. So, <laughs> um, I, you know, it's actually been a corrective. It, it helps me sort of realize, yeah, this is like you get so immersed in the medical world, Matt, that you actually forget how people talk, how people communicate, and what is comprehensible and what's not. So if this sort of uh, back and forth helps people understand healthcare better, then we are doing our job. And, and look, you know, for, for me and in, in many of my businesses, I've struggled for a long time to try to find the right kind of tone when communicating with a general audience. On one hand, you have what is so much of like the academic medical center content out there, which is like a doctor in a white coat, literally like not frozen, not moving a single part of their body, his or her body, looking at the camera and just talking about a topic. And it's just, that doesn't work at all. The flip side is sort of like Dr. Drew sensationalized, you know, kind of content that doesn't make you feel good as a doctor, right? And remember what, what I always have to try to explain to people is, I took an oath to be a physician and I ha sort of have a commitment professionally to my profession and to the patients that I serve to respect that oath. So there's sort of a tension there in terms of, do you want to give really cool content that is like not good quality at all? Or do you want to give the good quality stuff that's very boring? So we spent quite a bit of time trying to think about what's the middle ground for that. The original concept was car talk. You know, for those who are familiar with the show, two brothers who talked about cars, they both happened to also go to MIT. So they were sort of brilliant guys and they could talk real stuff about how cars work and they could make it entertaining. So we were very much influenced by that. And then somewhere along the line, I think in the first couple of sessions, Mark also talked about uh, Kitchen Confidential and Anthony Bourdain. And I thought that that was a very interesting addition because, you know, Click and Clack will talk about the cars and how you can get things fixed. But then Anthony Bourdain was sort of lifting the veil and talking a little bit more in a very respectful kind of way. I'm rereading the book now, but talking respectfully about how kitchens work and how restaurants work and giving you the inside scoop without, you know, bastardizing it or making it dumb. So I think that's what we've brought together. And I think we're still very much finding our rhythm, but it's great to be able to reveal how medicine actually works to help people with their problems. And hopefully we can do more of that going forward. 
there's an awesome part of that too, which I, I've been experiencing in, in listening to the episodes, which are just ast- absolutely astonishing. Is you know, the Simpsons did a great job in planting like adult humor in the cartoons. You plant like Dr. Humor in the shows where if listeners happen to be of the medical universe, they'll get that joke and half the people like be scratching their heads right over the But that's the best inside baseball that you're weaving in there. I, we, we can't wait to introduce this show to more people in the medical profession because, yeah, we're giving them permission to be human beings and to laugh at the inanity of what this is. I also want to point out again, you know, Mark is a patient. You are a caregiver. And owning a dual badge like that gives you permission and the availability to be vulnerable and yet professional at the same time. Can you speak to how the episodes are manifesting and you're able to pull that out of yourselves, JL? Uh, Look, I mean, you know, a a big part of the training, we alluded to this before, was developing a certain type of stoicism. You know, I think you, you don't give doctors enough credit for being empathetic, but, you know, there is a certain kind of stoicism that comes out of treating large numbers of people and helping people who are often in very difficult parts of their lives. You know, I, I deal with addiction, Mark deals with cancer. Um, so I think what I like most about the show is the opportunity to step back, take off the white coat. I don't wear a white coat these days, but, uh, you know, to step back, take off the white coat and to be able to express some of that, uh, the uncertainty that you can't always express to patients, um, to express some of your frustrations, which most doctors end up screaming into the ether, you know, in terms of their frustrations. So again, I think it's a great platform and it's an opportunity to step away from the day-to-day part of being a doctor. So for the listeners, if you're going to hear background noise when Mark talks, it's because he's actually working right now in his clinic and those are real people in the hospital will de-identify them if they say their names (laughs) but i think it's just important it's such a reality check that here's a guy trying to save lives every day doing the show right now with real people happening in real time mark very courageous are you getting like 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 uh, spitballs thrown at you by the other nurses uh, no, actually, I was going to say we need like the like the HIPAA police buzzer. If someone starts to disclose their personal health information. But, um, no, but you know, Matt, what I would tell you is, oncologists in particular have a terrible reputation, and it's because we have gotten sort of uh, confused with the treatments that we give, which for years, for far too long, have been horrendously toxic. And and so that toxicity has bled over into our public persona. So I know it sounds like overly lofty for a podcast, but one of my goals on this platform and in fact on social media is to humanize oncologists. Most of the people I know who came into cancer medicine didn't do it just because of the science. The science is very cool, but they did it because they are really drawn to people. And I, I think the problem is so much distance gets be put between us and the patients that we all lose sight of that. So I don't know if I will succeed, but if anyone comes out of this thinking of oncologists as human beings, and again, I'll feel like this was really um, worthwhile on top of everything I'm getting out of it. So I want to start talking about some of the episodes that listeners can enjoy when they subscribe, because you will subscribe to it. <laughs> is it serious? But this is an ongoing question that I, I feel we can tackle as a narrative here as a media company is this, how do you take care of yourself? And some of the conversations we had at Super Cancer with many of our ecology friends was what helps you sleep at three in the morning when that patient died that day or when you had to tell that family your kid's going to be okay. Mark, you tweeted only recently, the best day of your life as a professional oncologist is when you tell somebody they're cured, right? Yeah. And you're living in that experience as someone 
facing this disease every day. Can you share with the listeners and hopefully fellow medical professionals that will listen to this show and have it syndicated on your show, you know, what are your life hacks to manage your family, your friends, and your life at three in the morning, proverbially? Yeah. Wow. Um, I mean, for a long time, I thought they could be compartmentalized, but then I realized when I go home, like there's not like this discontinuity that happens the moment I pull in the driveway. Like to some extent, I do bring my work home with me. So actually being emotionally honest uh, with my wife and my children, just in the same manner, I'm trying to be vulnerable on the show has actually been the best remedy. Like they know me so well. Uh, they know if I've had a good day or a bad day. My my kids are uh, 14 and 11 years old. They are now well aware when I've lost a patient. And so I, that honestly, Matt, it sounds weird. I, I know a lot of work-life balance sort of pretends like the two things don't coexist. For me, it has actually been more helpful to lean into the fact that that one influences the other. And I think that's part of what the show is about too, is that you know we are not just doctors during our working hours and then people outside. We are our people the whole time. And again, that's that's important that our listeners see healthcare professionals as fellow human beings. Yeah, I agree with Mark. Uh, you know, it, you cannot effectively compartmentalize, you know, all these things. You, you cannot separate parts of your mind. And in fact, as a problem solver, you're often working problems throughout the night, right? You're working problems in the shower. You're working problems when you're eating your breakfast or whatever. My wife, who was my girlfriend at the time when I was doing my residency, told me that sometimes I'd wake up in the middle of the night and will say like, did I send the Camp 7 or something like that? <laughs> you know, Did I send the labs? Did I, did, did I get this done? I think the way I have adapted to this is just being thorough, just knowing that I've done everything that I can do. I've, I've, I've dotted every I, I've crossed every T, I've done everything that is within my power. And then, you know, the rest of it is, is out of my control. And I think that's probably been the number one, my number one approach. There are things I can control, things I can't control. I'll worry about the things I can control and, and try not to worry so much about the things I can't control. So going to the podcast itself, is it serious? Where do you draw inspiration on what makes a great episode? I think the the we did some episodes that are going to come out soon. One is the story of my father's cancer. My as I said, my dad died in 2014, and Mark's cancer. And I, I, I to me, I think those are going to be the two most compelling because they just get at the emotions that we went through, our experiences as physicians. You know, the things that we learned, the things that we were surprised by. You know, I, I think those are going to be the most compelling. And, and at the end of the day, I think narrative stories are compelling content when they are sprinkled with insights from people who are experts and know what they're doing. So I think those are going to be the most, you know, some of our most interesting episodes. Mark? Yeah, I think that's really well said. I think honesty is is compelling. Um, stories are compelling. And, and frankly, so much of medicine, as you've already alluded to with the background noise, so much of medicine is necessarily veiled in confidentiality. So our ability to waive our own privacy and let people in, that is um, ultimately very empowering. It's, it's not something a lot of patients get to do. And the fact that I disclose my own genetic condition, I know that I am in an incredibly privileged position to be able to do that. There are many patients who can't because they would literally have massive insurance penalties levied against them if that knowledge were to become public. So yeah, I think you know candor is really important. Um, I think I think the hallmark of a great episode is really feeling like it was an authentic conversation. Yes, we prepare, we do our research, and make sure we know exactly what we're talking about. But just the back and forth I have with JL, it feels like a conversation with a uh, with a friend and a friend that I'm getting to know. The other, I think, really cool through line of the show is and will be the evolution of our relationship. 
So let's wrap really quick by my favorite episode to date so far is the one where you make fun of drug ads on TV. Uh, I want to do a pull clip from that and we'll figure out what the best 30 seconds are from that episode. But talk to us about what it was like to just like look through the it's like you're going through the looking glass at what we're seeing on television and the bathtubs on the hill. Uh, Jail. Have you ever had a chance to totally poke a stick at TV ads for drug companies? I, I have not. And, and it's interesting because it, it, that was the first one we recorded, if I remember correctly. And, I, you know, I think it was the, 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 first one, the first one because we had the most interesting things to say as we were preparing that episode. And, uh, you know, the, the, these concepts of how preposterous these ads are and how preposterous it, it is to be advertising these medications that have 45 seconds of side effects in a 60 second commercial. I I think those were all the things that we thought were interesting. So, you know, I, I, I love that episode. I think it's going to be a great episode because it gave us an opportunity to, to really be funny because there's a lot to poke fun at. But, uh, you know, I, I enjoy, again, when you have a career in medicine and you come up through the process, it's hard to be like the funny doctor. It's hard to be sort of the crazy doctor. That's the, 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 the profession constricts and constrains sort of how you can express yourself. And certainly for me, that was always an issue, right? And I feel that the podcast is a platform and an instrument to sort of expand and pull out, you know, uh, Joey and Ariel and I have, have joked about like the evil JL and my evil laughter. <laughs> and, you know, again, that's the kind of thing that you don't, you don't always get a chance to do when you're, you know, working as a doctor. So we're going to play a 30-second clip from the episode where they make fun of drug ads. And I think you're going to just be hooked on this episode, hooked on the series, and uh, have, a, have a listen. Mark, Sundays, I watch football. And uh, it's painful to watch football. There was actually a post in the ESPN that said that for the last 10 years, the Jets and the Giants have been the worst teams in all of professional football. And this is what I hear on Sundays. So this is Jim Nance, and uh, if you're tuning into the New York Giants, the Giants are down uh, 99 to nothing now at the end of the first quarter. The second quarter begins in a moment, but first a word from our sponsor. And always, 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 it's a drug ad. I can't escape it. First and foremost, my condolences that you're living in the New York uh, football market. Uh, you know, I'm an oncologist. I help people process bad news. So just know that I'm, I'm here for you. If you've consumed a full day of NFL football, you've been sitting on your couch for, you know, nine hours and you may have, you know, circulatory problems. And so I don't think it's any, uh, any coincidence that there tend to be drugs that, uh, shall we say, target blood flow. <laughs> So side effects of listening to is a series is like, I, I like to punch the gut of hysteria. You know, is there, so, so, what other side effects? Can we, I feel like the entire show should have a disclosure at the end about like side effects of listening to this may include hysteria, you know, non-insomnia, you know, a penchant to want to subscribe to different shows, you know, <laughs> a rush of adrenaline, all sorts of fun things. Uh, I, I can't thank you guys enough for coming on out of patience. And um, again, like we're kind of building an event horizon here of opportunity within the lens of the Offscript Health Podcast Network. Dr. Jean-Luc Neptune and Dr. Mark Lewis are the co-host of Is It Serious? The latest, greatest new podcast right here at Offscript Health on the Offscript Health Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And this episode, not sponsored by JetBlue and Salt Lake City. Gentlemen, <laughs> thank you for joining me. Thank you very much for having us. Thanks, man. That's all for now. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, follow us on social, and tell all your friends to listen. 
Tell us what you'd like Matthew to cover in his next episode by leaving a message for us at 855-AUDIO-66, and we might just use it in a future show. Out of Patience is a product of Offscript Health. We are a healthcare engagement company built for patients and caregivers by patients and caregivers. Our executive producers are Matthew Zachary and Andrew McDowell. Our senior producer is Betsy Shepard. Our host is Matthew Zachary. It is recorded, mixed, and edited by Betsy Shepard. For advertising and media inquiries, email media at offscriptnot.com. That's media at offscript.com. For more information, visit offscript.com.